while you're standing, go ahead and turn to Deuteronomy chapter number 8 in your Bibles. Deuteronomy chapter number 8. I'm going to begin reading in verse number 3. I'm sorry, I'm going to be actually reading in verse number 2. Deuteronomy chapter number 8. Verse number 2. When you get there, you can say amen. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manner which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you to know that man should not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Your garments did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. You should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord your God chastens you. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and fear him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. Everybody say good. A land of brooks, of water, of fountains and springs. The flow out of valleys and hills. A land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates. A land of olive oil and honey. A land in which you will eat bread without scarcity. In which you will lack nothing. A land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given to you. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, his statutes, which I command you this day. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for your word, God. We thank you that you are the power and that you are the glory. Father, we thank you that you speak to us, revelation, insight. Father, that we might be more conformed to your image. God, I have a big task ahead of me this morning. And God, I have set myself, Father God, by the power of the Spirit to minister this word to your people. I pray that this word will go forth with clarity. I pray it will go forth with power. I pray that lives will be changed forever. God, as they hear this word today, let, it, let them receive it, God, as coming from you. Father, I decrease that the spirit of God in me might increase and that you get all the glory and that your people will be better off for it. We thank you and we praise you. And all God's people said amen. 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 You may be seated in God's presence. As always, I'm delighted, excited about bringing the word of the Lord to you this morning. And we're going to be talking about a subject that I think will change the way that you look at life's circumstances. All of us are on a journey someplace, amen? And today I want to title my sermon simply, The Journey. The Journey. Many of us are 
using this time of year to kind of reflect. If you're like me, uh, I try to figure out what happened this year and what lessons God want me to learn going into the next year. And so I, I love this time of year, uh, not only because it's the holiday season, but we have the opportunity to sit, to stop and evaluate and to see what God has done or is doing in our life. How do we know that God is at work in your life? And I don't want 2014 just simply to be a, a, another, a, a, another year whereby we make these grand promises and we make these awesome declarations. You know how we do. Man, this is going to be an awesome year. And this is going to be my year. This is going to be my breakthrough. Only to find out that your year was not a whole lot different than the year before. Uh, I want to talk to the people that really want to change. How many of you really want God to move? So this sermon this morning is, is not about cliches. It's not about just making another statement that sounds nice. This sermon is not about me trying to entertain you or to get you pumped up, but to bring you to a place where you realize and recognize that God is always at work in your life, whether it's 2013, 2014, 2015. God is at work, and there are no wasted moments in God. Do you hear me? There's no wasted moments. God is at work. And so one of the things about our God is, how many know that the way he thinks and the way we think are totally different? See, one of the things we got to come to grips with is that, that we are in total opposition to the way God thinks oftentimes. That's why he says in the Bible that my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. He says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts much higher than your thoughts. So, so God thinks at a different plane. And we really, really, really have to discipline ourselves to try to hear what the Spirit of God is wanting us to do. Because everything in your flesh, oftentimes, you don't really want to do what God wants you to do. Did you just hear what I just said? I'm just being completely honest. There are some things that God is requiring of you, every one of us right now, that you are resisting and you don't want to do it. Now, how many know God ain't going to force you to do anything? But how many know when God reveals truth, you're responsible for how you handle that. And, I, and you will discover in your life that you will find yourself in a place. How many of you have ever roamed around and roamed around and you thought you were making progress only to find that you're in the same place that you started? Amen. Nothing is more frustrating than that because we understand the things about God. God is a God of increase. See, he, he is a God that's moving us forward. And, and, and I'm afraid that, that many of us, we are stuck in a rut because we haven't really understood the journey. Ah, oh, the journey. Oh, the journey. Everybody say journey. journey. Most of us don't really like the journey. Nah, nah, we, we like the destination, right? It's all, it's all about the destination. It's where God is taking me. It's, but, but you got to understand something about God. Can we teach you a little bit this morning, a little bit about God? See, God is more concerned about the journey than the destination. Are you with me? I didn't lose anybody. Take a deep breath. You still with me? God is more concerned about the journey than he is the destination. Now, here's the problem. You are more concerned about the destination. 
Oh, pastor, that's not true. I'm okay with the journey. Well, why do you complain? Why are you upset? And why are you trying to choke people? Because we are, and our society has groomed us in such a way that, 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 that the journey, that the, we, the, the process and the journey is something that we don't want. We don't want no parts of that. How many know that people want stuff without having to go through the journey? But let me tell you something. There are no shortcuts with God. There are no shortcuts with God. And I believe that many of us, that we get a glimpse. How many know God works in glimpses? God comes along and he puts a vision in your heart. How many know what I'm talking about? Amen. He shows you a picture of something. He sh it's a dream. It's a picture. And you see it. And it's like, ah, that's, that's mine. And, and, and the mistake that we make a lot of times is that we think that the picture and the thing that God showed us that it's supposed to happen like yesterday. But how many know that oftentimes when God shows you a glimpse it doesn't mean that it is for now. It just simply means that he wants you at the very least to get yourself aligned for what he's about to do in your life. You remember Abraham. Everybody say Abraham. Abraham, God made a promise in Genesis chapter number 12. God said, Abraham, I want you to leave your family. I want you to leave your comfort places. I want you to leave everything you're comfortable with, Abraham, and I want you to come and follow me. I'm going to take you to a land. I'm not even going to tell you where I'm going to take you yet, Abraham, but what I need you to do is believe me that I'm going to take you to a place where you're going to be blessed. Not only will you be blessed, but you will be a blessing. Everybody say blessing. blessing. For all the peoples of the nation, of the nations. And so so God called Abraham. He called him out. He said, he says, I'm going to bless you. But how many know that it was probably some 25, 30 years and God had told Abraham about this child. The God says, Abraham, you and your wife are going to have a baby in your old age. How many know that with God, all things are possible. You have a baby in your old age and through your seed, Abraham, I'm going to bless every family on the earth. Salvation is going to run rampant. I'm going to bless you. But how many know it took some 25, 30 years from the time God made the promise to the manifestation of when, he actually, when it actually happened, when his son came. You see, you remember the story. There's so many stories I can give you. David. David was anointed king. How many know David was anointed king? But it probably took some 15 years before he actually assumed the throne. Uh, you remember Jesus. Everybody know Jesus, right? You know, Jesus. You know, Jesus was called in the ministry. How many know when he came, he knew what he was supposed to do. But, you know, Jesus didn't really start his ministry until he was about 30 years old. Amen. Uh, you are, now you, you're starting to understand the process of the journey. Because now, now here's what you must understand about the journey. God shows you a picture. He tells you, here's what ultimately I want to take you. You must understand, though, there's a process by which you got to get there. Now, why do I want the journey? God, why can't you just fast track me to where I want to be or where I need to go? How many of you have ever asked God that question? Oh, how many you know God is so deep? <laughs> And God knows you much better than yourself. God knows that you would rather skip the journey. You just want the destination. We, want, we live in a society that says, oh, oh, give me mine, and I want it now. And God said, no, no, I, I'm going to take you through this process because there's a lot of things you don't quite understand yet. How many of you know, and, and I'm, I'm trying to contain myself because this is just, okay. How many of you know that God wants you to be blessed? Amen. 
God really, how many know God is on your side? If God be for you, who can be against you? God is, God is working in your life. And if it was just about you going to heaven, how many know that he could have saved you and killed you and brought you right into heaven like right away? But he didn't do that, did he? He saved your life and he left you down here to work through some things. Work through some of your personality problems. Work through some of your character issues. Work through, because until you really learn to appreciate the journey, you can't really thrive and enjoy the destination. So I'm losing some of you. How many know that? How many you've heard me say this before? But you know about the folks that that you know, uh, you know the, the millionaires or the, the folks that hit the lottery. Christians don't play lottery. Y'all don't play lottery. All right, some of y'all I didn't get a whole lot of it. But anyway, so so how many know that? Here's here's the thing, that a guy, could, a person with the wrong mindset, you can give them millions, but do you ever turn around, and you look up, and you say, how? How did in two or three years you had millions and you broke? Because they still had the ghetto mentality. When I say ghetto, I'm not talking about ghetto like you think ghetto. I'm talking about ghetto in the sense of low living, not living to the place where God wants you to be. And so here's what it is. If your mindset don't change, all you do is take that stinking mindset into a new place, and eventually the new place that you're at will vomit you out. The thing that was meant to be a blessing has become a curse because you're not really ready. I know many of us think we're ready. Man, I'm ready now. I remember when God called me in the ministry in 1997, I thought I was ready now. I got mad at some people. Anybody ever been mad? I'd ever been mad at God about a couple things. Anybody here other than me has been a little bit, you know, you just kind of thought, oh, that, and God just says, he, he, it's almost like God, you, you, and Satan just kind of comes and, and he just kind of played this thing because he tried to make you think, oh, man, God just kind of throwing some things out there. He's just kind of teasing you. He's dangling some things in front of you, but you're not quite able to, to grab hold of it. And he makes you think that you'll never get there. You will get there if you learn to appreciate the journey. What a lot of folks do is they don't like the journey. And so what happened is they quit in the midst of the journey or they just kind of give up or they lose faith. And what happens, you never reach your point of destination. Let me tell you something. The journey is critical to you getting to where God want to take you. How many know there's some things you must learn? There are some things, you don't know what you think you know. Trust me, I ain't been living but 48 years on this earth. And let me tell you, the more I live, the longer I live, and I'm talking about being in saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. I haven't had no uh, backsliding moments. There haven't been moments where I walk with God and I quit. For 23 years, I've been in this thing deep. And, and, and the longer I walk with God, I discover the more I don't know. What I thought I knew, I really don't know. And you help me to understand that every day. <laughs> so the quality of our lives, hear me, are y'all listening? Say amen. amen. The quality of our lives, you can't really enjoy oftentimes the quality of your life because you're so stuck on the destination. It's God, get me out. God, I want out. God, give me this. God, give me that. And here's the problem. You can't even enjoy your now. How many of you have ever found yourself reminiscing about the old days and 
Maybe it's some fond memory that you had and you remember this. Man, that was a good time. But if you really go back and capture the, moment, the emotions of that moment, you weren't really all that happy even then. So your life, you look up one day, it's 15, 20, 30 years have passed, and here you are still in a place where you're not really happy. You're in a place where you're still frustrated because you haven't learned to process the journey. Life is a journey. It's a journey. That's what it is. God reveals himself. I'm going to get to my sermon in a moment. I'm still in my introduction. Y'all still with me? Y'all, y'all. I'm trying. I told you I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying. I'm, I'm really trying. Okay, so watch this. So you want to know God. Oh, I hear that all the time. God, I want to know you. Oh, God. God, I, I, I want to know you. Oh, oh God, I want to I wanna be like the Apostle Paul. I, I want to experience the, the power of your resurrection, the, the, the fellowship of your suffering. I want to know what it's like, Lord, to be close to you. How many of you really, really want that? Oh, I didn't get nobody jumping and screaming. Because you know why? Because you only get to know God in the valley. It's in the journey. It's in the struggle. It's in the difficulty. It's in the hardship. It's in those moments when your flesh want to say, ouch. That's in the time when that's the time that God begins to reveal himself the most in your life. See, if God just gave you everything you wanted, with no, you wouldn't know him. But boy, it's something about when you get to heaven. Come on, somebody need to pray with me on this. How many know that, that God sometimes take you down really, really low because he's about to bring you really, really high? And in order for you to really appreciate where he's going to take you, you got to go low. Oh, 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 I, I, I. see, you got to go. And I know some of you, right, you're upset, you're mad, but you need to stop being mad about it. You need to say, Lord, I'm on this journey, and God, whatever you want to teach me, I want to know you. Bring it on. Life, bring it to me because I'm ready to do this. I want to know him, the power of his resurrection. So what you, in essence, is saying is that you want to go down into the valley. You want to struggle a little bit. But that's okay because until you do that, you won't really know him. You see, heaven is a place for holy people. Heaven is a place to sanctify people. Heaven is a place for people that love Jesus. If you don't really know him, how can you worship? You, you, you got, see, see, when you've got, the Bible talks about in Revelation how those who were before the throne of God who washed their, their robes in the, in the blood of the Lamb, how they're before God day and night, worshiping day and night. Why are they worshiping? Because they have come out of great tribulation. They've come out of some stuff. And so now they're at a place now where they can worship him because, because they got some experience. They've had to, they have to see God. See, see, God loves it when your back is up against the wall and you got nowhere to turn. You don't know what to do. And God just show up out of nowhere. How many of you want that to happen in your life? How, how many know God knows how to ring your bell? He knows how to show up. And it's in those moments where you begin to praise God. And, and it don't take a whole lot. When you've really been through something, that's why I tell people, don't be look. Why are you looking at folks and talking about people who are jumping up and you don't know what they went through. Amen. Some of the stuff you went through, if you come up out of it, you'll jump and scream, holler too, and fall on the floor, get slain in the spirit, spit up, puke up, speak in tongues. You'll do a whole lot of stuff. Amen. See, some of you don't really know him yet. And God has said, I want you to know me. I want you to know me. You don't know me yet. And so how did God get to know you? It's the journey. 
He takes you on this long journey. Yeah, yeah. That journey thing. Uh, yeah, that journey thing. It's a tough place. You know, it's a, it's a place where I find out some things about myself I didn't quite know. Uh, I, I, I thought I knew some things, but I, I, I realized that what I thought I knew, I, I don't know. I, I thought I wasn't this kind of, I mean, am I really like that? And it's amazing how that the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? There's some things about yourself you don't even know yet that is just ugly. Some things you do know, but there's a lot of things you don't know. And so from the minute you come in the kingdom, God take out the scalpel. He begins to operate on you. He begins to change it. And some of you screaming, I hear you. <laughs> screaming, and you're hollering, and you're fussing. Because God has taken a knife and he's beginning to cut. You know, if you're getting operating on, the worst thing you can do is get up off the table before the doctor finishes. Uh, you just might get infected. Too many people get off the table too quick because they don't understand that it's a journey. Romans chapter 8, verse 29. Now I'm going to get in my sermon. Is that okay? All right. Romans chapter 8, verse 29. I'm sorry. I apologize. Romans chapter 8. I'm going to try to do this as quickly as I can. I love this verse because I want you to catch it. This is the foundation to everything we're talking about today. It says, for whom he foreknew, mm -mm -mm. he also predestined. Everybody say predestined. Predestined means predetermined. How many know that God predetermined some things? Amen. <laughs> God predetermined who you would be. God predetermined a whole lot of stuff about your life. How many know that you're no accident? You didn't just show up. No, 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 no. You got to understand that for whom he foreknew, he also predestined. Everybody say predestined. Watch this. To be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Now, now, I get this. Are you still with me? Say amen. So here, 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 this, this is going to help us. What is God's number one agenda? Is God's number one agenda to make your life a bed of roses? Is God's number one agenda is to give you everything that will just make you smile? Is God's number one agenda is to give you a life of ease where you have no problems, no trials, no difference? Do you think that's God's number one agenda? But you know, sometimes we act like it, don't we? Okay, let's listen. Okay, come on, come on back up. Breathe. I'm going to take you deep. We're going to go deep this morning. Okay. We're going to go deep. So I need you to stay with me. All right. What is God's number one agenda? God's number one agenda is to conform us to the image of Christ. Now, I did a little bit of work on that word conform. Conform means to be similar or the same, identical, be in agreement, or harmony with. So what is God after in your life? Watch this. This is some good stuff. God number one agenda is to conform you and me to the image of Christ. Now, we say that a lot, but let me tell you what that really means. That means that we need, he wants to conform us to the degree that, that when people see us, they see little Jesuses around. That we have his personality. That we have his nature. That we interact with each other the way he would interact with us if he were here. To be like him is to be in harmony with him. And that when people see your life, they should be able to take note and say, man, they've been hanging out with Jesus. You know, the disciples, when they were out sharing the gospel in the book of Acts, the Bible says that many of them took note. Some of the Pharisees and some of the people that was persecuting the church, they took note. And they said, they looked at him and said, 
you guys been hanging with Jesus. Well, how did they know that? Because they were acting just like him. Can I ask you a question? Who are you acting like? <laughs> Who are you acting like? When people look at your life, can they say, Oh, that, that brother walked with Jesus. That sister acted. How do you know? Because the way that they act, their, their person, everything about them has changed. So what God is doing, catch this. God is working in your life, watch this, to conform you. And when, he, when, you know, when something gets conformed, it's like that, that picture of that potter, that, that clay thing that we was doing during the offering time. God just started to work out some rough edges, and he begins to conform us to the point that we start to act like Christ. He wants us to be like Christ. Let me give you another verse. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. That's Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. For God is at work in you. They say, everybody say God. God. At work in me. So say, at work in me. Say it. Now, you got to understand this. So God, number one agenda is to form you to the image of Christ. So in order to make you like Jesus, what did he have to do to make you like Jesus? <laughs> Come on, somebody. If you're going to be like Jesus, there's some things you got to endure. So that's what God is after in your life. And, and he's working in you, which means, I thank God for this, which means that he already, you, you hear us say this all the time, that he has a purpose and he has a plan for your life. How many of you really believe that? For it's God who works in you to will and do of his good pleasure. Watch this, not your good pleasure. Oh, oh, watch this. You cannot get saved and then say, well, Lord, this is my plan. Bless my plan. <laughs> can, I, can I help you? Salvation. Let, let, me, let me help you because this is where many of us get stuck. Because what happens is we come into the kingdom. Some people come into the kingdom if they come into the kingdom at all. They come into the kingdom with the mindset is, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to get the nod. I'm going I'm, I'm I'm to come to church. I'm going I'm to get to know God so that God can bless my plans. Let me tell you, the best way to come to Christ is you come and say, Lord, I'm a dead man. Use me, whatever you want to do. How many know that, that you even walk with God? God has put desires in you. God has changed your heart. God is taking you someplace. But oftentimes we come into the kingdom and we don't want to let go of what we were doing. We just want, no, this is still my life. God, I want you to be a part of my life. But how many know God is coming to be a part? He coming to take over, folks. Oh, I know I'm going, I told you I'm taking it deep. God is not here, watch this, to simply bless your plans. If you want to get saved hoping that God will just bless your plans, no, no. God is coming to renovate the whole thing. That's good. <laughs> uh, I had no desire whatsoever wanting to be a preacher. You, uh, you got to be called to do this. <laughs> uh, I, I say that with uh, as, as I polish it real nice and neat for you. <laughs> yeah, my wife looked at me a little time. She said, "You're crazy. How you?" But I said, "I said, well, well, I said, I said, honey, it's the calling. I, I can't do. No, I've been captive. I'm. I've been trapped for lack of better words." Paul said, "Now my number one goal is to apprehend the thing for which he has apprehended me." See, when you come to Christ, you must come stripped and say, "Lord, I'm yours. Whatever you want to do, wherever you want to take me, do it." Oh, you, you got your oxygen mask? You come up. Say with me. Watch this. Now watch. We're gonna keep going with this. So now, now watch. So God's number one agenda is to conform us to the image of Christ. Only got a few more minutes here. Watch this. So look at Numbers chapter 13. Go to Numbers chapter 13. I want you to hold that thought right there. I'm coming right back to you. 
Numbers chapter 13. How many of you are familiar with the story of the spies going into the land of Canaan? So watch this. So, so God had blessed. God was bringing the people to a, a promised land. How many know that whenever God has you on the move, he's taking you somewhere? <laughs> How many of you realize that God is taking you somewhere? You need to understand that when you come into the kingdom, God is moving you and I some. He's taking you somewhere. So the children of Israel, God had told them, said, look, I'm going to take you to a land of plum. I'm going to take you to the promised land. But here's what he did. He sent out some spies. All right. He sent out 12 spies to represent every tribe. Send out these spies. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go over there because God is about to give us this land and we need to check it out to see what kind of situation, what kind of situation that is in because we're going to go and attack the enemy and we're going to take what belongs to us because God has ordained for us to have this. How many know God has ordained some things for you? Now you got to understand this this morning. There's been some things that have been ordained for you. Now watch. So look at, look at, pick it up in verse number, uh, uh, look at, look at verse number 27. Then, uh, they, uh, then they told him and said, we went to the land, and this is when the spies came back, where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Amnak there, the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, the Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites, y'all to just give me praise just for being able to say all that, dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people. See, that's doubt and unbelief creeping in. Before Moses said, let us go up, for we shall once and for all take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Now watch. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, <laughs> for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devoured its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, and came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. See, how you see yourself is how other people see you. Now watch this. Look at verse number 34 in Numbers 14. Verse 34, Numbers 14. Look at this. Verse 34 says, according to the number of the days in which you spied out the land, 40 days for each day you shall bear your guilt one year, namely 40 years you shall know my rejection. Now, I want you to hear something for a moment. Now, now are you still with me? Say amen. I, I want to, now watch this. So the children of Israel at this particular moment, God is about to give, God wants to give them something. How many know that God want to give you something? But there was a little problem. See, there were some folk who did not believe God. <laughs> they said they believed him. They started his Lord. When they, when they first came out of Egypt, they told Moses, so Lord, whatever you want us to do, we'll do. God, we're ready to go all the way with you, God. <laughs> whatever you got, God, we're ready to do it. All of a sudden, they see some giants. Giants, man, them giants are pretty big. I mean, I... And they begin to doubt God. And because they doubted God, watch this. God says now for 40 years, because he sent them over there 40 days to spy it out. He's for every day that I sent 
them over there to spout the land, I'm going to add a year that you're going to roam in the wilderness. So they roam in the wilderness, guess what, for how many years? Now, I know some of you be like, God, oh, wait a minute, God, why do you have like all of us? I mean, really, God, God, you could have looked, you could have took a remnant. Why did God? And on the surface, the thought process would be this. Watch this. The thought process would be, well, God took, God is just mad at them. Because God is angry at them, I'm going to make you walk around for 40 years. I'm going to have you roam around this wilderness for 40 long years. And you're thinking to yourself, man, God must have been really hot. But how many know that God is a teacher? And, and God doesn't do anything for just keeps. God, see, you got to understand something about God. See, this was not just about, hear me, this was not just about 40 years of punishment. This was about 40 years of taking them on a journey. Y'all stay with me. It was, it was about the journey because there were some things they didn't know about God. Well, Pastor, how do you say that? Because their initial reaction was not, when, how many know when God says he's going to give you something, you ought to say, thank the Lord, I'm taking it, it's mine. Yeah. Hallelujah. Bring the giants, baby. God promised me this thing. We're going to take it. No, no, no. What did they do? Most of them said it, it was 12 spies. Only two of them came back with a little faith. Joshua and Caleb. And the rest of them start crying. Ooh, 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 God, take us back to Egypt. Take us back to Egypt. Oh, God, we want to go back to Egypt. And God says, I can't take you to the promised land because there's a lot of things you don't know. You wouldn't even be able to handle where I'm going to take you. There's a lot of things that you got to learn. And so God took them on a journey. God took them on a journey for 40 years. Not because he was mad. Because they needed to learn. See, you're on a journey today, and you're in trouble. Watch this. Now, I know this is deep. Some of us are in trouble today, and some of us are stuck today because there's some things that we don't know God is trying to show us. And some of us have dug down deep. We will not change, and therefore you will keep wandering in the wilderness until you make up in your mind that you're going to let God have his way. Amen. Now, watch this now. So, so, so this ain't nothing about, this is just not about uh, uh, God being mad. No, this is about God. God saying, I got to show you who I am. So it's going to take me 40 years. And, and a lot of times, however deep the rebellion, sometimes it takes just about that length of time for God to straighten out some things in our life. Now, watch this now. So you have a little bit of control over that. If you cooperate with the spirit, you can get things done a little bit quicker. But if you want to stay dug in into your rebellion, you will roam in that wilderness and you will look up one day. And you're going to say, I was at this address about a couple of weeks ago. How come I'm still here a few years ago? Well, how come I'm not progressing? How come I'm not moving forward? Well, Pastor, how, how can you say that it was really? I mean, it, it clearly says that, that God was just punishing him. But, but look at Deuteronomy chapter 8. Can you look at Deuteronomy chapter 8? Are you in Deuteronomy chapter 8? See, in our church, we like you to read your Bible. I only have a few more minutes left. I'm trying. I'm trying. Y'all still stay with me? Don't fall asleep. If you need to stand up and just, just move, stretch, do whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm about to land the plane, okay? I'm about to make the initial uh, descent, okay? So, so stay with this because the best part is yet to come. Okay, stay with this. Are you still with me? Amen. All right, so Deuteronomy chapter number eight, number two. Now, here's, here's what God did. So let me, let me give you a little bit of backdrop about Deuteronomy. So Deuteronomy now is a book whereby Moses, watch this, how many of Moses couldn't go into the promised land? Amen. Because Moses let the people drive him crazy. <laughs> God said, Moses, speak to the rock. Moses got mad because the people was 
kept yelling at Moses, Moses, give us some water to drink. And Moses was supposed to speak to the rock. Moses got, red, got mad, took a stick, and he hit the rock. And God said, Moses, because of that, you can't go in. So you can't be a leader. So if you want to be a leader in God's house, you can't smite the rock. You got to speak to it. You want to be a leader because the, the penalty is much harsher for you. You ain't supposed to smite the rock. Don't let the people get under your skin like that. If you call yourself a leader, you need to learn how to control your emotions. Come on, that's one. Because you will miss your land, the promise. Now, that's, I didn't even plan to say that. That was just out there. It was like hanging fruit. I had to grab it. So Deuteronomy chapter 2, so he says, watch this, in verse number 2. He says, here, here's, so, so Deuteronomy, Moses is telling them all the reasons why God did this. Because how many know you need to understand what God is doing? So they're about to go into the land of promise. So Moses take the book of Deuteronomy to explain to them everything that you went through. For 40 years, y'all been going through it. And how many know some people got laid low in the wilderness? Some people didn't make it. How many know some people just ain't going to change? Some people just ain't going to change. And for you who refuse to change, I got to move on. Amen. <laughs> I just got to go. I can't, I can't let you pull me down with you. I got to go. So Moses giving them the reason why they went through all that. Look at verse 2. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years. And it's interesting how he said that. Everybody say all the way. All That's God's way of saying, I knew it was a real long time, but you needed every minute of it. <laughs> Watch this. For 40 years in the wilderness to humble you. How many know that we got some pride that we don't even know about? He said, and I wanted to test you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep my commandments or not. So watch this. So he humbled you. He allowed you to hunger and he fed you with manna. I don't know about you, but that sounds a little cruel, doesn't it? Think about all the babies and people crying. They want food. I want it now. God said, well, I'm going to give you food. I'm not going to give you what you want. Came a point in time they got mad because they didn't even like the manna. They said, we don't want this stinking manna. We want some meat. But that's indicative of how we think nowadays, man. Just an ungrateful people. And so here's what God had to do. God had to say, he says, okay, here's what I got to do. Y'all are full of pride. You're full of pride because you're stubborn. You're stiff-necked. He always told the people of God, Israel, he said, y'all are stiff-necked people. I'm choosing you not because you're great. I'm choosing you just because I want to, but make, it no, make no mistake. Y'all are rebellious and you are stiff-necked, but I'm still going to use you. Because there's some folk out there that's even worse than you. So nobody in here ain't got no kudos. Nobody gonna get no pat on their back. All of us need some help. Amen. Everybody here needs some help. And, and so he said, I brought you in the wilderness these 40 years, these 40 years, because I had to deliver you from that self-willing spirit. I had to deliver you from pride. I had to deliver you from your rebellion. I had to renew your mind. How many know that if we're going to dwell in the land, in the destination, that God has for us, we got to change the way we think. Because see, if you don't change the way you think, you'll take that same ghetto mentality that you had and you'll bring it over into the place of destination and the land will vomit you up. You won't be able to handle it. How many know, how many know people who got stuff too quick <laughs> and, and, and it messed them up? I mean, man, God, man they fast track and all of a sudden, bam. That's why if you're a wise parent, you make your kids wait, amen? Teach them the art of waiting. Don't let them fool you. But I mean, no, we got some stubbornness in us. And 
They had some stubbornness in them. He said, so here's our deal. I let you all the way in the wilderness for all those 40 years because you were hard, you were stiff-necked, you were rebellious, and you would not listen to me. You, now, now, before you jump up there and say, well, wait a minute, Pastor, I listen to everything God say, and I do it. Hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> no, you don't. How many know that God is going to get his way? And if God intends for you to learn a lesson, you're going to learn that lesson. Watch this. You can get up and go to another church. You can go to another city. You can move your house. You can get another job. The same God is Lord over all. If you don't get it now, you're going to get it. Some of y'all can testify to that personally. Because you got to understand that the same God <laughs> is working in your life. And this is why I laugh at people who get upset on their jobs. You know, they get, I'm going I'm I'm to leave my job. I'm going to show him I'm going to get fired. Then you run around and say, pray for me to get a job. Well, who told you? Who told you to leave? Watch this. Because let me tell you something, God has taught me a whole lot of things on my job. There's a whole lot of times when I wanted to up and leave. How many of you have been tempted to leave? Amen. Oh, I'm going to get in the body. Is that something better? Got to be, got to be something better. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Don't do that so quickly. Because your key to your destination might be where God has you right where you don't want to be. And in order for you to get to your destination, you got to go through that. Well, I don't like that. Too bad. Because he's Lord. You follow me? So the journey then, it has to be something that we embrace. Okay, God. Okay, if this is what you want me to do, I'm going to do it. Now watch this. <laughs> so Deuteronomy chapter 8, I, I don't have time now. I'm just going to read these verses real quick and I want you to catch it. Watch this. Deuteronomy chapter number uh, seven, eight, verses seven and nine. Watch this. He's, he's going to describe the land that he's going to take them. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, a fountain of springs that flow out of the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, uh, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are, are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. Uh, Deuteronomy 30, 20, 30, 20. That you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, to give you, that you may dwell in the land. Everybody say dwell. Dwell, dwell, a land which you will eat without scarcity so that you can dwell. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 47. For it is not futile thing for you because it is your life. And by this word, you shall prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan. Everybody say prolong your days. Now, now why? Here's the, here's the key. It's not God's. God is not just trying to get you to the destination. He wants to bring you to a point where when you arrive there, you have permanent state of blessing. Amen. <laughs> a land of without, a still what? Without scarcity, a, a provision. You, you see, he said, I'm going to give you provision. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless you. I got something good. And so what God wants to do, he don't just want to take you there. He wants you to stay there. He don't want the land to vomit you up. He wants to bring you into a permanent state of blessing. But in order to be able to really dwell and appreciate this, 
you got to change. You and I have to change. Now watch, in closing. Watch this. What is God up to? <laughs> Maybe you felt like, oh man, you know what? I've been wandering in the wilderness for a long time. Here's the question you got to ask. Because usually your wandering in the wilderness is everybody else's fault, right? Usually. I mean, that's the way we think, right? Amen. We think when we're wandering, it's somebody else's fault. Hey, it's pastor's fault. Hey, it's my wife's fault. Hey, it's my husband's fault. It's my children's fault. Hey, it's the president's fault. It's the fault of the government. Anything, ain't got, this, this, this thing got nothing to do with me. <laughs> how do you know God is bigger than all of that? Amen. And how do you know that if you stay walk with God, God will bring you where he want to take you? When God has set a place for you, ain't no devil in hell, nobody, no person can stop you from getting where God want to take you. I, I mean, no, I'm not that big. Your boss ain't that big. Your employee, whoever it is, how many know when God has decreed that he want to take you someplace, he will get you there. If you find yourself, you've been wondering, then here's what you need to ask yourself the question. God, what has you been trying to teach me? What am I not getting? See, here's the thing. All of us got to be really honest with each other, right? We got to be honest with ourselves, first of all. God, if I'm stuck, what is it in me that needs to change? Because the easy thing, I can very easily point the finger to the first lady and say it's first lady's fault. She the one got the problem. But you know, but you know, in a lot of cases, even if you're right, I found out even when couples and people come to me and they want counseling, I find out that everybody is wrong in something. Nobody is 100% right all the time. Never. I've counseled many people, and I can tell you that every, there's something you could have did different. Everybody has to meet at that place, and you realize, God, I need to look at myself. So if you've been wondering, God, why am I wondering? And, and you know what else you need? Watch this. You need, to, you need to tap somebody else to tell you about yourself. That's the part that's scary, because I'm going to be vulnerable. And I don't like to be vulnerable. I don't want you to tell me what about me that needs to change. But how many know that if you've been wandering in the wilderness, at some point you got to get tired, amen? Because it ain't God's will for you to wander in the wilderness. It ain't God's will. It's God's will to take you on a journey, to, to conform you. But at some point, God wants you to enter in. Everybody say enter in. Enter in. You need to enter in. So we got to ask ourselves, why is it that I'm wondering? What is it about me that has to be changed? And we have to have the courage to say, okay, if, that's, if that needs to be changed, God, then, then I'll do it. But some of us, the minute somebody come and criticize us or give us something, oh, who do you think you're talking to? And we put up defenses. When in actuality, that word you're getting is a thing that's going to propel you to your next level. It's about the journey. See, what is God saying to our church? Ah, I know. I, I, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me say, I know some of us sometimes, we, oh, man, you know, we gotta, God is doing some great things at the church, but we need to be progressing. We need to be moving faster. We need to be moving. But here's the thing. We got to ask ourselves at the church, what are we not getting? What lesson are we not learning as a people? What is it that God is trying to show you and I that is hindering our ability to move forward? Are you listening to me? Amen. What is it about us that needs to change? What is it? Because understand that this journey has to complete itself. And we have to get it in order to go to the next level. 
Why is your marriage jacked up? Why is, there, why, is there, why is there this constant and perpetual problem? Because there has to be a change someplace. And until we come to recognize and be willing to be changed, we will keep wandering in the desert. So the question God has for us this morning is, are we ready? Are you ready to go to the next level? Are you ready for the destination? Now, you got to be honest with yourself. Oh, God, I mean, God, I really want this. I really want, do you, can you handle that? Do you have the capacity to handle? Oh, God, we want, come on, we want a thousand-member church, a 2,000-member church. Do we have the capacity? Can you handle that? Can you handle the 50? Can you handle the 30? Can you handle the 40? God, I want a bigger job. I want a big raise. God said, no, I'm not going to give you a big raise because you have a money problem. Most people's money problem is not because they don't get enough. It's how they handle what they got. Now, God ain't going to keep blessing. Come on, y'all need to work with me. See, see God ain't going to keep blessing us, quote, unquote, <laughs> if you can call it that. He's not going to keep giving you if you're going to have the same old mindset. See, some of us got into some bad relationships. You know why? Because the way you select the relationship, you didn't understand the process. You weren't in sync with God, and so now you're kicking and screaming. God want to teach you how to do it. Amen. I was talking, having this conversation with one of my kids the other day. Hallelujah. I would go, I was leaving at that. <laughs> so God is wanting to, God is not going to keep, God is not going to keep uh, facilitating and, and, and our rebellion. At some point, we'll stay where we are until there's a change. I've learned that in my life with God. I have, there's some things about me that got to change. If I don't change some things, I'll stay right where I am. If I don't change the way I think, I can't dwell in my place of promise. How many of you want to get there? How many of you say, Pastor, I'm ready to go? Are you really ready? Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Father, we thank you. We thank you. Hallelujah. Nobody's moving, nobody's talking. Just praying, just praying. You know, the Holy Spirit is, he's taking us on a journey. And I thank God for his mercy. God, we thank you for bringing us into the land, a good land, a place, Lord, of blessing. And Father, we appreciate the journey. We appreciate the journey because it's the journey that conforms us and change us where we need to be changed so that we can inherit the land that you want to take us, so that we can stay in the place of blessing. Maybe you're here this morning and you've been on a journey. Maybe you've been frustrated. Maybe you've been trying to figure out some things on your own. Maybe you've got some relational problems, financial problems, and it's just been hectic. Maybe you find yourself, you found yourself this morning on this journey and you're not really sure even that you even know Jesus as Savior. Everything that God does, you're not here by accident. No one is here by accident. You're here this morning, and God has brought you here on this journey so that he can bring you into everlasting dwellings. If you don't know him today as Lord and Savior, I want to invite you today to make Christ the ruler and the master of your life. He loved you so much, so much, that he brought you here so that he can pour his love on you. And he has a great, he has a great plan for you. The Bible says that it's appointed on the man once to die, and then after death, 
judgment comes. There's no turning back. Hell is for real. And we do everything in our power to preach the gospel, to see no man, no woman have to experience hell forever. You hear this morning, you say, Pastor, the Holy Spirit spoke to me this morning. I've been on a journey. I've been running this thing on my own, and I realized that I need to give my life to Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm gonna stop running. I'm gonna give it over to him. I'm tired of trying to do this on my own. I need him, and I'm willing to go all the way with him. If that's you this morning, slip your hand up. I just wanna pray with you. Is there one that will say, I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I need to make him Lord. I need to make him master. Is there one? I need to surrender my life to, I, I, wanna, I wanna do this. I wanna do this. Today is my day. Today is my day. Is there one? Maybe you're here this morning, you're saved, but you've been refusing, you've been refusing to change. You stay stuck and you realize you've been stuck where you're at in part because you have not embraced the journey. You have not embraced what God has been trying to teach you. And, and, and you realize that, that the biggest holdup has been you. You say, Pastor, I, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. There's some things that I have just not been willing to do. I want to do it now. I want to invite you to come to the altar. I want to pray with you. By coming to the altar, all it does is you make a public confession to God and before his people that you intend to get it right. And you intend to appreciate the journey and embrace the journey. Is there one? The altar is open for you this morning. The altar is open for you. Is there one? Hallelujah. Is there another who would say this? Is there another? Is there another? The Holy Spirit has revealed to you. Come on, don't resist the Holy Spirit. If God speaks to you, ain't but one thing to do. Obey him. Don't try to talk yourself out of coming to the altar. If the Holy Spirit speaks to you, come up. Come on up. The Holy Spirit is working in your life to really do a real good pleasure, of his good pleasure. By coming to this altar this morning, you're saying, I'm embracing my journey. I don't understand it. I don't fully get all of it. But you know what, God? I'm willing to take this journey and learn every lesson I need to learn so that I can position myself. I'm going to stop fighting. I'm going to stop resisting. And God, I'm going to let you take me where you need to take me. Is there another one who needs to come to the altar this morning? You two lift your hands for a moment. Hallelujah. Lift them to the Lord this morning. God, I want you to see the hands of these precious people. God, you are doing a work in their lives, God. And I pray, God, I pray that, God, that they will fully embrace this journey in order for them to reach their destination. God, hear their hearts this morning, God, as they are reaching for you. They are confessing, God. There's been some areas, Lord, 
that they have not fully surrendered in. There's been some areas, there's been some holdups, and you've revealed that to them this morning. But God, I pray as they are honest before you that you would expedite the process of taking them into their land of promise. God, I pray favor over them. I pray that their goals, that their dreams, and Father, everything that you put in their hearts, God, that it will happen. God, that it will come to pass. God, in the name of Jesus, I touch and agree in the name of Jesus, Lord, that they will reach their destination. And not only will they reach their destination, but they will thrive. They will be full of joy. They will be full of peace. They will be full of excitement. That, Lord, that they will be contagious, God, because they embrace the journey knowing that the journey solidifies them in the destination. Father, I thank you, Lord, for their humility, for them even stepping up by faith and coming to this altar this morning. God, bless them. Bless them, Father. I pray as their pastor, I ask you, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would bless my brother and bless my sister as they seek to do your will. And God, as they come into a new cycle, <laughs> a fast track, Lord, of growth and prosperity that they've never seen before, all because, God, they acknowledge where they fall short. And I thank you, Father God, that you hear their cry in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give God a praise, sir. Amen. Amen. Come on, stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Mm. Did that word help you this morning? Amen. God is at work. He really is. He's working in your life in incredible ways. Keep, stay the course, learn what God wants you to learn. And humble yourself. Everybody say humble yourself. Everybody in here, you are here because you need to be here and you need to learn something. Embrace it. Embrace it. Because the quicker you embrace it, the quicker you embrace it, the quicker you'll learn and you'll get to the place that God wants to take you. Amen. Come on, let's lift our hands to the Lord. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling. Hallelujah. Now unto him who is the one who has our future in his hand the one who has charted a course for us, the one who has loved us and shed his blood that we might have life and have it abundantly, the one that takes us from glory to glory, hallelujah, the one who is working in us to will and do of his good pleasure, unto him be glory, dominion, power, now and forevermore. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. amen. Come on, give God a praise. We'll see you next week, bless you. Answer the call and enter And for our guests, we have some snacks out. We have a table out there, so make sure to uh, go out and have something to eat. We'd love to fellowship with you a little bit.